Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, welcome to The Inner Life here on this Monday, first Monday of October, and glad to have you along. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and uh, you know, nothing beats the original. What do you think? Do you agree with that? Nothing beats the original. Is the classic, is that the best in your opinion, or are you a fan of change and progress? I know that's kind of a vague question. Probably depends, right? You might like the original in some cases. But in other situations, you might say, it's better to have something new, something new and improved. Well, coming up at the end of this week, the 25th James Bond movie will be released in theaters. And so uh, (laughs) they've been reinventing themselves for a while. At least it's the 25th film in the official series. There have been some other unofficial James Bond movies produced throughout the years. The earliest James Bond movie, you might not know, it was actually made as part of a television series. This was back, I think, in 1954. And James Bond was actually an American spy, not a British spy. He was called Jimmy Bond in this uh, first outing there as uh, the, the, the James Bond uh, kind of name made its way into the consciousness of the world. But we have that latest movie coming this week, No Time to Die. It stars Daniel Craig in the role of Bond. Now, do you remember back when the news came out that Daniel Craig was going to play James Bond. This was back in 2005. And there there was all this criticism against the choice for him to take on that role. One of the biggest strikes against him, it was his hair color, believe it or not. People started calling him James Blonde. But he won over the critics after that first movie that he was in, Casino Royale, when that came out the next year. It was a huge success. And now this upcoming movie, it'll be Daniel Craig's fifth film playing that character of James Bond. So do you have a favorite James Bond actor? Do you like the new, uh, the new take on James Bond? There have been six different actors to play Bond in the original series. There was, of course, Sean Connery at first. Next was George Lazenby. He only starred in one of those movies. Then Roger Moore, who has the most movies to date. And that was followed by Timothy Dalton, then Pierce Brosnan, and finally Daniel Craig currently. So who is the best James Bond? I personally think it's Sean Connery, just hands down Sean Connery, especially in those first few films that we see him. And I once heard somebody say that all the other actors, they played James Bond, but Sean Connery, he was James Bond. He was the one who became the face of James Bond initially recognized as that now famous 007 character. He was the first one to introduce himself with that phrase, Bond, James Bond. He was the first one to order a martini, shaken and not stirred. He didn't have any other actor to imitate or try to maybe separate himself from, make the role his own. 
He didn't have to do that. And so for me, I'm sure like many of you, Sean Connery is that quintessential James Bond, that original, that classic. But that word quintessential, when you think of that, when something is quintessential, it's the first thing that comes to mind, even when you have other choices, other options. If you think of McDonald's, it might be the Big Mac. If you think of Disney, it could be Mickey Mouse. When you think of Christmas, what's the quintessential image? Probably a Christmas tree with some presents under it. So now here's a question for you. When you think of a Catholic prayer devotion, what's that first thing you think of? What is quintessential? If someone's a Catholic and they pray, what image comes to mind? I'm guessing that you likely have the same thought I do. The rosary. The rosary is that quintessential Catholic prayer. It's easily recognized because of the beads. It's something that's been prayed by Catholics for a century. It's the prayer devotion that everyone pretty much identifies as distinctly Catholic. And we are now in the month of October. This is a month that's dedicated to the Holy Rosary. So we want to take this hour and talk about that powerful prayer devotion that really can draw us closer to Christ. And joining us as our spiritual director for the hour today, Father Sean Grismer is back once again. He's a priest for the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. He's the associate pastor at St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park, Illinois. Father Grismer, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Glad to have you here as we talk about the rosary. Josh, it's always a joy to be with you. So thanks for having me back. You bet. So as we start talking about the rosary today, um, and I, I don't know, do you, is there anything that is more Catholic as far as a prayer devotion that you can think of besides the rosary? I mean, besides the Holy Mass, which right, the Mass, the of course, of yes, <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, no, I right. Maybe maybe I should say individual point. prayer devotion, sure. something that sure. that we do on our own outside of that setting of Mass. Well, so let's talk maybe to start off here. What's the history of the Rosary? How did it become such a popular and recognizable prayer devotion for the Catholic Church? Yeah, I think um, I'm just going to start with a plug here, Father Donald Calloway. Uh, he's an MIC. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Champions of the Rosary, and it's super easy to read. It's written so just for, anybody can read it. Um, but he has an incredible detailed history of the rosary, and I found that really helpful. So anything I'm about to say about the history is really from that book. Um, and and it was fascinating to me to learn that the history of the rosary started really in the third century when they would pray the Our Fathers. Um, and they would pray the Our Father 150 times because there's 150 songs. And so if the people um, weren't educated in the Psalms, they could at least join the monks by every day in their own daily devotion by praying 150 of the Psalms, but by praying Our Fathers. So similarly, we have the Angelus where um, we, we consecrate the day by praying the Angelus at 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. Um, again, going back to the 200 years ago, 300 years ago, prior to the great education that we all receive now, um, these prayers were given to the people so that they could be in union with the monks and the priests who were praying and who had a bit more education that could read and do all those things. So it started off by praying 150 Our Fathers. Uh, and then it, then they started, throughout the centuries, it started to shift. 
So we didn't actually get the Hail Mary as we know it today until about the 13th century, um, or the Rosary till about the 13th century, um, as we know it, with St. Dominic. But prior to that, it was, it was um, a compilation of various different things, um, and they used beads or little pebbles that they would carry around in their pockets. They imagine carrying around 150 pebbles, they, your pockets get pretty heavy. So what they ended up doing was simplifying it, putting on a string, uh, and this goes for the East and the West, and they have prayer, prayer beads. We know that that exists in the Eastern Church, the Jesus, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's the prayer, the, the prayer beads that we, they would pray. Um, we also have it in other religions, right? In, in Islam, they, they have prayer beads. In Hinduism, they have prayer beads. So it's not uncommon. But ours were specifically geared towards praying in union with the others. So St. Dominic really came in and revolutionized the rosary. When Our Lady came to him and gave to him the, what we know as formerly the rosary. Um, but the reason he prayed it was so that his Dominicans didn't have time to spend sitting in the church or sitting in a, in a cloister, they were on the move. The order of preachers was sent from town to town to preach the gospel. So he had them meditate on the rosary. Now we'll get to med meditating on the rosary in a bit. But the way that it developed was that in the, in the 11th century, we had the Hail Mary, which is this first part of the prayer, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. That is both the angelic salutation, which is the, the words of scripture and the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and the, the visitation where Elizabeth says, um, blessed is the fruit of your womb. So the, we're first quoting scripture. Now, immediately after that is when people would have put a petition in there. So that was like preparatory, just as kind of how we would, we would say, um, we would say a Hail Mary and then we would lead a petition. Well, they, they did that as the, the preparatory, and then they would throw their own petition in there. But when the plague came around, like around 11th or 12th century, uh, so many people were dying that they, that they converted the last part, and they said, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. And that became universal because so many people were dying that once you got the plague, you didn't have enough time you didn't know when you were going to die. So it could have been at any moment. So they revolutionized that prayer. Uh, and then Dominic put it onto the beads um, and said, we're not just going to pray these prayers. We're going to meditate on the life of Jesus when we pray these prayers. And this is all part of the, the revelation of Our Lady to St. Dominic. So, so the, the, the rosary had this early beginnings, but kind of came out of that uh, in the 13th century with St. Dominic. So we've got the rosary that gets handed down to us. And, you know, one of the things as you're talking about this, it's probably good to address this fairly early on. This for non-Catholic Christians, you know, you talked about it being initially that it starts with people just being able to pray the Our Father. 
They can pray that prayer that Jesus gave us. And that way, if they don't have all of the Psalms memorized, they can go ahead and and pray at least in union with the other uh, clergy that are out there. It, it might be also good to mention, you know, we think about this in our contemporary society. It's easy to have access to a Bible today, but before the printing press, books were expensive. They were rare. Uh, literacy rates were also very uh, low. Illiteracy different rates language. were, yeah, yeah, you know, there's all these different factors that weigh in here. So being able to have one prayer that you have memorized is something that gives you access to kind of keep in touch with your faith, be a part of that larger community of the church. But then non-Catholic Christians will say, well, Jesus himself says in Scripture before he teaches his disciples how to pray before he gives them the Our Father. He says, uh, "Don't babble like the pagans. They mm. think they're they're going to be heard for their many words. Don't be like them." So, if you're repeating a prayer over and over, what's the difference between what we do? You know, even with that early praying the Our Father over and over, or as we pray now in the Rosary, where we start with an Our Father, pray ten and Hail Marys, followed by a Glory Be. And maybe that, oh my Jesus, that Fatima prayer at the end. What's the difference when we're saying those prayers over and over? How is that not vain repetition? So I'll say threefold answer to that. The first is uniting it to the prayers of of those who do pray the Psalms 150 in a day. Um, we as priests promise, as religious, as deacons, um, we promise to pray the Psalms every day, but we don't pray 150 a day. We pray about, I think it's 150 in four weeks or something of that nature. Um, so we're still uniting those prayers to the, those who are praying the Psalms. So that's that's just deeply rooted. The second thing is, I love a quote from Fulton Sheen or, or a story when he said he had a, a, a young couple come up to him after he gave a talk on the rosary and the the woman said, "I still don't get it. How it just—it just is so boring. And how how do you even mean it after you're saying it all the times?" And he said, "Ma'am, who is this?" And she said, "This is my husband." And she—he said, "Do you love your husband?" She said, "Yes." He said, "How how did how does he know that you love him?" Well, I told him. Well, when did you tell him? Well, this morning before we came here. Was that the only time you told him? No, I told him this—you know—this morning before breakfast when we got up, and last night, and yesterday. And he said, and doesn't it ever get boring that you're saying the same thing over and over and over again? And uh, the point is that it doesn't. When, 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 we are, when we're speaking a language of love, it actually doesn't get boring. So that's the answer that in a twofold way, because A, it's not boring to pray it, which it can sometimes feel, but B, it is an entrance into something deeper. When I say to somebody, I love you, it is a, a doorway, you may say, that I can enter into something in a new and a more profound way. So on, a, on the, the third aspect of this is that when we pray, we're meditating. And any culture, any culture will speak of meditation and knowing that the words we say can help lead us into meditation. Even take like New Age or like, people nowadays and they'll say, well, just, just meditate on the word peace. Um, and it's like, okay, like I would much rather meditate on scripture, which is the word of life. But okay, let's, let's take it for example. I take the word peace and I repeat that phrase, which is what they, they, they teach people to do. 
what is that doing? It's leading me. It's using that word as a as a as a uh, a fulcrum, um, a point of of stability, so that I can start allowing this piece or this thing to enter into me. So what do I do with the rosary? Well, I'm meditating on the life of Jesus while speaking these words of the Hail Mary. And we Catholics, we sometimes get this mixed up too. We're not just throwing up Hail Marys like a, like a football player, hoping somebody's up there is going to catch it. And if I say enough of them, then I'm going to get to heaven. That's not what it's about. It's using the words, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. When I'm, when I'm familiar with words and I repeat them, I can allow my, my subconscious, my brain, to actually begin to meditate on the deeper meaning of them. And notice we said that the first part is all scripture. And what are we meditating on when we pray the rosary? We're meditating on the different moments in Christ's life. They're all moments of Christ's life, right? The suffering, the agony in the garden, the scourging at the pillar, the, the carrying of the cross, the crucifixion, the, the, the annunciation when Christ enters the womb of Mary, the visitation where Christ is is, is blessing the presence of Elizabeth. It's all about Christ. It's always about Christ. And so the, the repetition is actually a, a universal human, I would say phenomenon, of, of how we can actually allow ourselves the freedom. It almost like it opens up this gateway for me to enter in to more peacefully pray or meditate, allow my brain to begin to go deeper on, a, on another topic or a topic that's related to what I'm meditating on. So, so when we talk about the rosary and they would say, well, this is focused on Mary or this is um, absurd. We're just saying the same things. We're babbling. I would say, well, we're using a lot of words, but it's because I'm saying the same things. I'm actually allowing myself to go into a deeper place of intimacy with the Lord. If I permit myself, I will say that some of us we we don't we we hide, we throw up the Hail Marys and then we're we're done. <laughs> but but if we're using it as it ought to be, we go deeper into the intimacy. Our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life, Father Sean Grismer, and we're talking about the Rosary during this month that is dedicated to the Rosary. How has praying the Rosary changed you? How have you grown in the virtues of faith, of hope, of charity? Has the rosary helped you to become a more patient person? Has it helped you to grow in purity, remain chaste? Has it helped you to overcome an addiction? Has it helped you in your marriage or maybe in healing a relationship with somebody in your family? How has Our Lady's intercession brought about some transformation or some miracle in your life? And maybe you're unfamiliar or very new to the rosary and have some questions. Well, that's why Father Sean Grismer is here with us today. Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And Father, uh, coming up next, let's talk about how we can avoid distractions, because you talked about how we want to enter into that deeper meditation while we're praying. But the big, big thing that gets in the way are those distractions. So let's talk about that when we come back. We'll be back with Father Sean Grismer here on The Inner Life after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com forester. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. Today, talking about the rosary. How has the rosary made a difference in your life? Has it helped you to become more calm, maybe more peaceful? Has it helped you in your marriage? Uh, Has Our Lady, has she brought about some change in your life because you've prayed the rosary on a regular basis, maybe a daily basis? And I hope you heard Father Rocky's announcement there right before we came back uh, to the program here. Uh, Relevant Radio, we've teamed up with EWTN and the Napa Institute, and we're trying to encourage as many people as possible to pray during this month of October. Uh, Pray the rosary for an end to legalized abortion here in the U.S., and together we're hoping that we can get over a million people praying every single day. So if you have not ever tuned in and joined Father Rocky for the Family Rosary Across America, I encourage you to do so. Listen tonight at 7 p.m. Central, and you can join in, join your prayers, unite them together with so many other thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And again, hopefully we're going to have a million people praying every single day for an end of abortion. Uh, There's just no greater need no more important issue than that here in our country right now and you can be part of that again uh, joining Father Rocky tonight and if you if you can't tune in for the family rosary across America of course pray on your own pray the rosary on your own Uh, but if you can join us tonight 7 p.m. central here on relevant radio and on the relevant radio app and again talking about the rosary today how has the rosary made that difference in your life 888-914-9149 is our studio line triple eight 914-9149. And uh, Father, uh, right before the break, you were talking about that meditation aspect of how we enter into the rosary, how we pray the rosary. The biggest thing that I find in my life as I pray the rosary, and I pray it every morning, I wake up before anybody else is up in the house, and that's just the time that I know I can pray the rosary on my own. And It's still, even with as quiet of a setting as it is, even though, you know, I I don't have anything else necessarily going on, it's so easy for my mind to wander. It's so easy for those distractions to come up. So how would you recommend, what are maybe some good tips on being able to avoid distractions, on being able to focus and stay in that meditation without letting your mind wander off easily? That's a great question, Josh. There's, there's a host of distractions in our life. <clears throat> I would first say, put your phone in a different room, right? <laughs> I'm not speaking to you. I'm just speaking to us in general as humans, yeah, yeah. especially living in the 21st century. We love to have our phones putting that, um, putting it away, putting it in a different room. Um, I know when I'm in, in, my, in the rectory chapel, if I have my phone in there, I will spend X amount of minutes of that time of presence of the Lord looking at my phone rather than entering into the meditation. Um, so if I leave it somewhere, I know that my mind is is forced. It's forced to at least begin to focus on what's in front of me. The second thing I would say is 
um, when we do medit when we are entering into meditation, especially praying the rosary, on a very natural level, taking time to breathe beforehand, deep breaths, and you, we we do this in Christianity by saying the name of Jesus, you know, come Holy Spirit, things like that, and you just do it for a minute, because what I find is that my my mind is is running so quickly. If I'm not doing my prayer in the morning, if I'm doing it later. My mind is running so quickly from all the things I have to do, all the places I got to go, that I get I get anxious, and so um, I have to take at least a minute, if not more, just taking deep breaths, repeating the name of Jesus, or saying, "I love to do come Holy Spirit," and I sort of picture in my brain the the Spirit of God, whatever that looks like, you know, dove or fire, golden light, and just asking the Holy Spirit, "Come Holy Spirit, fill me up, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit," and I'm already there using my my brain, my imagination to focus on something other than the things that have been bothering me or the things that have been um, filling up my brain space. So that when I get into the prayer, I'm already trying to meditate on something other than the things that are filling up my day. Now, the other thing we can be distracted with are, are the, my prayer intentions. And we can have those as distractions. Well, I got to get my 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 daughters left the faith, or my sons left the faith, or my grandchildren have left the faith, and I need them to become back. So, God, you need to bring them back. And I'm praying these Hail Marys, and I actually don't actually rest. I don't actually get to rest when I pray, which is what prayer leads me into is a deeper union with God, because I'm allowing my mind to be filled with those distractions. And I call those distractions specifically because they are not the focus of my prayer. And the focus of my prayer is being in union with God. So what do I do? I say, God, I surrender them to you. And then I, I bring my imagination back to the, the rosary. What, 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 let's say I'm meditating on the Annunciation. What aspect of that do I focus upon? Maybe I can imagine being in the room with Mary and she just realized she's conceived Christ in her womb. What does she look like? What is what joy, does she have joy on her face? Does she is she surprised? And how do I react to that? So these are all parts of meditation that I am now entering into using my imagination. What I will find is that after I have gone through this meditation, specifically the rosary, at the very end of it, even if I have all the distractions, all the things that I'm busy about and all the things I'm worried about, I'm actually more peaceful at the end than I was at the beginning, because my mind has become rooted in someone who is greater than all of my problems. And so the distractions are numerous, from the things that we carry around to the things that we carry in our brain. And it's hard to say, well, what's the perfect way of getting out of distraction? We have to find what works for us. But these are just some of the ways that can help lead us into a deeper meditation of the rosary. Father Sean Grismer is our spiritual director in our studio line, 888-914-9149, as we're talking about the rosary. What has transformed in your life because you have made praying the rosary a regular part of your prayer life? Maybe praying it regularly through the week, maybe even daily. How has praying the rosary transformed you? 888-914-9149. Father, we've got James who's listening to us in Las Vegas. Hi, James. Sounds like you have kind of a similar question here on some different distractions as well. Yes. Um, so I, I've been pretty successful 
at doing exactly what you're describing, Father. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the issue I'm having is if I'm leading a rosary, the rosary itself and the the reciting the prayers for the people who are trying to pray with me. I mean, I I can I can look up and see thirty faces looking at me and saying, you know, where'd you go for a minute there? You know, I just kind of I can lose myself and lose track of, you know, if I, if I'm keeping careful track of, of the prayers, I'm unable to enter into the mysteries. But if I don't, then I can't lead the rosary. So I'm just wondering if you have a trick, uh, for, for leading a rosary. (laughs) It's a great question, James. I would say if you want to truly, truly meditate on it, I would say, let somebody else lead. (laughs) Um, because it is, it's a tough thing. You 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 ask an incredible question. I think it's the thing priests struggle with when we celebrate Mass, um, especially if we're, we're celebrating Mass versus Populum to the people. It's it can be hard, right? I, I look up and all of a sudden there's everybody everybody staring at me, and I'm supposed to be in deep communion with Jesus. <laughs> like, like it's it's a it's almost like a dichotomy. So what I have found is the more that I am able to, like when I celebrate mass privately, and I'll bring this back to the rosary. When I celebrate mass privately, I learn in those moments how to enter into the deeper, into the deeper intimacy with Christ, right? I'm celebrating the mass and I, and I, I almost compel myself into like, Lord, I, I want this to be sacred so that when I go into celebrating mass with people, I have that already within me and it's become like a trained muscle. Yeah, this is like when we practice um, a sport, we practice it so much that it becomes second nature to us um, so that when I go into the game or the event, then it's it's not something I'm thinking about. It's just part of me. Well, the same thing can be for the rosary. So if I'm, I learn to pray that individually and when I'm praying it individually, I am deeply meditating. I'm learning to deeply meditate and to di- calm the distractions and letting Jesus enter in so that when I'm leading, uh, I, A, can have the wherewithal to say, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not lead today so that I can let somebody else lead and I can just sit and meditate. But if it is on me to lead that day, then I, I'm already, um, my, the, the muscles in my mind of, of praying and leading have already been worked out. And so I've learned through that meditation how to both pray and meditate and and letting somebody know like hey if i zone out just like give me a give me a nudge right like it let me let me help me back into the the leading of this into the leading of the rosary so i would say there's not a perfect way except for we we want to be entering into the mystery um and that will take some time for us to be trained and entering into the mystery and holding at tension the need to lead other people in that. Um, so I hope that helps. Uh, I guess the only thing I can really liken it to is practicing so that when it happens, I can, um, I can have that, that mental uh, muscle memory to, to, to go forward with that. You know, the other thing that comes to mind here is just in our own family, my wife and I helping to lead our children in praying the rosary too. And that's something where I, I've kind of just made peace with that in my own life. Okay, I'm not going to be able to enter maybe as deeply meditative, uh, meditatively 
when I'm praying together with our family, because I know the kids will be somewhat of a distraction. I know there's going to be these other things that come up, but I also understand that the sacrifice I make in praying and helping to lead our children into prayer so that hopefully they carry that well on into their lives as adults, that sacrifice on my part is okay because I know I'll have my own individual prayer time later. And I, I've just kind of made peace with that. You know what I mean, Father? Yeah, that's a great point, Josh. And I, I remember in seminary, um, when we were learning how to altar serve in major seminary, uh, the, the priest who's our liturgist said, gentlemen, you are here to help the priest pray. You are not here to pray. You are here to help them pray. So that's another way we can go into leading rosary and being like, okay, Jesus, I am going to help lead them pray, lead them to pray. I'm teaching them or leading them in prayer, but I'm going to, as you said, sacrifice this desire of mine to enter deeply into the mystery. Because if we had a bunch of altar servers going into the ecstasy, you know, they're like <laughs> floating the sanctuary. It, it and the slow down like, the mass. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Where's my book? Where's the missile? Uh-huh. Like, guys, get bring the wine over. So, um, it, there is something about what you said as a as a father, as a husband, which I think we can then take into leading prayer anytime, leading prayer generally. Father, let's go to Teresa. She's listening in Covina, California. Hi, Teresa. Thanks for calling into the inner life today. And praise the Lord, and thank you. And and Josh, I'd like to add one thing that I learned years ago. Uh, this Protestant lady was leading her children into uh, the rosary, and what she did is she got the rosary book, and she cut each mystery out and would hand the mystery to their children, and then that way they would look at the picture and, and meditate on the picture while the, the, the mystery was going. Hmm. And so, and they, she laminated them so they'd last. So anyway, I... I I, anyway, okay. Uh, my story is my brother uh, <clears throat> was uh, 16 years old, a juvenile delinquent, and I heard the, the truant officer tell my parents, look, he's going to be 17 soon. Let him sign up into the military. So sure enough, that's what he did. He joined the, the Marines. And um, it wasn't long, within six months or so, and I'm just going to say it the way it was told. They were on an outpost, and uh, he was taken prisoner. And uh, so immediately when we got the news, we started praying the rosary on our knees. And for two years, we prayed. And, and my mother started getting depressed because neighbors and family would say, Mary, just, you know, he's not coming back. Just, just let go. And uh, we got a knock on the door. Uh, we had no phone. And it was a Red Cross. Someone had escaped from North Korea, would you believe, and was in Canada and had 10 names on a small piece of paper. And my brother's name was on that paper. So he was still alive after two years. And then in the meantime, um, the uh, a somebody who was actually in that battle was uh, actually paraplegic. He was shot in the spine. Uh, they didn't bayonet him, and so he said he looked up and he could see Johnny was walking. So that means he wasn't on a stretcher, so he was in good shape. And so uh, they, they contacted our family after that, too. And so anyway, within six months, uh, we heard on the radio that my brother, I heard that my brother was uh, released with you know President Ike. They had the exchange of prisoners, and um, 
I told my mother, I just heard Jenny's name, and, and they said, oh, go to bed, you've got to go to school tomorrow, and, and then finally somebody knocked on the door, and the newspaper came and took pictures, and Johnny came marching home, and we had an awesome parade, and he was perfectly fine, he had a shrapnel wound, and, and, and got a, um, uh, what is it, red heart, uh, uh, anyway, it, it, and he married a beautiful nurse. A beautiful, beautiful nurse. So he had, so our prayers really, really work. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Teresa, for sharing that story. What a beautiful witness of the power of the rosary. Um, and not only not only for your family did it bring um, confidence and courage and, and hope, but it also, we believe that our prayers affect others. Um, and in, in that offering of the rosary for your brother, um, the, the perseverance that it gave to him and the strength and the will to continue. So what a, an incredible, incredible story. Thank you for sharing that with us and with your, with all the, the listeners today. Our spiritual director here on The Inner Life, Father Sean Grismer, as we're talking about the rosary and how has praying the rosary changed you? How have you found yourself growing maybe in peace or in patience? Maybe it's helped you to overcome an addiction. Maybe it's helped you grow in purity and chastity. Uh, maybe it's helped you to be more bold about your faith. Has it helped you in your marriage, helped heal a relationship? Uh, whatever it is, we'd love to hear how the rosary has helped you in this month that is dedicated to praying the rosary, month of October here. I also want to mention to you really quick here that... Uh, I'm going to be talking <laughs> here right now about Advent, about Christmas. Now, don't worry. I know we're still almost a month out from Halloween, from All Saints Day. We've got Thanksgiving. But the reason I want to talk about Advent for a moment is because Relevant Radio is giving 200 different people the opportunity to win a beautiful outdoor nativity set. And this is uh, the set is valued at over $500. But we want to make sure that we give plenty of time to send it to you so you can have it out in your yard for the entire season of Advent and the Christmas season. And so, again, you can be one of 200 people to win this. All you have to do is go to register, uh, register at relevantradio.com slash nativity, relevantradio.com slash nativity. And you have to register before October 15th, so don't wait, don't put it off. Just go register right now. And this Advent, you know, really just make your house, your home, maybe it's outside of a condo or, or an apartment, wherever you can post that nativity set. Uh, it'll let your neighbors know that it's not just happy holidays. It really is Merry Christmas from you. Uh, we want to send this to you. So again, you can have that hand-painted outdoor nativity set, relevantradio.com slash nativity. And again, as we continue talking about the rosary, we'll take more of your phone calls coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. 
Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the Our Father, Sean Grismer, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, associate pastor at St. Bridget Catholic Church in Loves Park, Illinois, and today talking about the rosary. And again, want to encourage you, if you can join Father Rocky at 7 p.m. Central tonight to pray the family rosary across America. Uh, we're trying to get a million people to pray the rosary every day this month during the month of October for an end to legalized abortion here in the U.S. So again, tune in, join Father Rocky at 7 p.m. Central here this evening to pray the family rosary across America. Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Anne who's listening to us in Phoenix. Hi, Anne. You're on the air with Father Sean Grisner. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have a bit of an impatient personality, and I've not been praying the rosary in the past as I am praying it now. I think it's become a bit of a, a ritual, and I do feel uneasy now that I, if I, if a day goes by and I forget or something, because I'm so impatient. I'm not very patient of my husband's quirks. <laughs> Little things about him in the past have always just bothered me. So rather than you know point out that he's left his uh, tools in the kitchen cupboard with food. I really, I started to pray about it. Not only did I need help, you know, changing my behavior, my attitude, I needed to really, really learn to be more compassionate. And it is through the rosary that now I feel this sense of love towards him. It's, it's a deep, profound love. I love him. I love him. And before, it, I just couldn't tolerate him all that well. <laughs> my children notice it. And it is because of the rosary. It's working. It's changing me. Um, on the downside, I believe that the closer we come, we become uh, to Christ, the closer we are to our Blessed Virgin Mary, the more we're attacked because of it. I think maybe the uh, evil minions start to realize that we are changing and they become fearful and because of that, I now currently have a 12-year-old beautiful little girl who just simply doesn't want to live. That's a battle that I've just started facing as of less than a week ago. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not worried, but it makes me fight harder. It makes me grab that rosary. It makes me pray harder. And I know that those prayers will be answered not only for her, but for other children, for other adults facing those situations. I will not stop praying the rosary. My prayers Amen. have been heard, and these prayers will be heard. Amen. And that's a beautiful testimony, and I'm so sorry for the, let me say, the new suffering that <clears throat> you're entering into. Um you reminded me of the first part reminded me of something one of the spiritual writers say instead if you want to become more patient with others meditate upon the patience that christ had with his persecutors and that's what the rosary does we we enter into the meditation of christ's life and so i see the the love he had for others who you know who didn't uh didn't take any regard for uh where they tore his clothes or what they did with his clothes 
Um, and so it actually leads us being like, oh, wow, Christ, you were actually very compassionate towards the people leads me into that. And the second part of what you spoke about, um, which is, uh, I think, a greater pandemic within our society than um, the one that gets all the news. We, uh, the, you're right, the, the closer we get to Christ, the, the, we can say the more attacks, maybe become, we become aware of the attacks, I would say, um, because we are moving in that direction. It also means um, that the, there's more healing, there's more resurrection, because where there's death, where there's attack, it means that Jesus wants, the enemy can only attack anything that's weak or wounded within us, and so this lies or doubts or things like that, he's going to attack that. Well, that means that Christ is going to heal that, and that's where resurrection lives, and then I live a new resurrected life. Um, and so what you're in, entering into in the season is a, is a, I've used this word multiple times, a deeper intimacy with Christ. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're a victim. It doesn't mean that you're like, your life is going to be horrible. I think you know this because of what you've already stated, but it means that Christ is going to show his victoriousness, his victory in your life and in this situation. Anytime a problem arises within us, around us, it's Christ saying, I'm about to show you that I'm victor. Now, when I say the word about, I don't mean today. I don't mean tomorrow. I mean in this season, which could be years. But in this season, he's going to show you that he's victor um, over your family, over your daughter. He's, he's victor. Um, which I just want to say that quick prayer with you. Jesus, I thank you and praise you for the courage of your daughter, Anne. I thank you for her faithfulness, and I thank you for her 12-year-old daughter. We lift her up to you and ask for the peace that is beyond understanding to reside deep within her heart, and that it would overwhelm all spirits of doubt, discouragement, hatred, violence, bitterness, envy, rage, or anything that might try to come against her. We seal her in the blood of Jesus and ask for the healing through the most holy rosary of our Blessed Virgin Mother to come upon her that your, the mystery of your life, death, and resurrection may live in her. Jesus, we pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Anne, for your, your call and for your courage. And you've blessed me, you've blessed Josh, and you've blessed all of our listeners today. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Anne, for uh, calling into the show today. Uh, Father, we've got time, I think, for one more phone call. Mario is calling us from Austin, Texas. Hi, Mario. Thanks for calling into the Inner Life today. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. Um, great show today. Just thought I would share briefly something that's helped me. I have ADHD, so I'm pretty familiar with, you know, getting distracted. I can either be hyper-focused, and that can be great sometimes, praying the rosary, but I get distracted easily. I learned about St. Teresa of Avila that she would get distracted during prayer, and sometimes she would even, you know, start with spiritual reading to sort of get her going. What's helped me um, is to acknowledge that even, you know, she can struggle with something like that. And rather than so much focus on the problem of distraction, it's more like when I realize I have drifted, that's a cue for me to gently bring myself back gently and sort of just go back to it. So in other words, it's not so much the distraction itself, though I try to do better with that. It's more about um, what I do with that distraction. And I think what I used to fall into sometimes would be to sort of convict myself or, or, or get frustrated or something. Um, but that's made a difference. And the last thing here would be as I, you know, kind of struggle through that 
to also just have a perspective that um, the Blessed Mother, as well as our Lord, you know, they see our struggles. They see my struggles with distraction and dryness and prayer and whatever else. And that, you know, rather than seeing it as, well, that didn't work out too well, you know, when when it's rough. Um, Look at it like, well, I offer, you know, this little difficulty, this sacrifice that I'm having and still have faith that it's efficacious anyway. And that's helped to really kind of bring me to more patience and peace um, by not giving up and by just persevering in this. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, recognizing that the saints struggled with distractions, we put them on pedestals, but they were just humans um, who we've raised up. Um, and they've been raised up by the Lord. I also think that it's it's even good for us to say, it's okay for us to say, where's this distraction coming from? Is it coming from fear and anxiety? Well, that's what I need to bring to the Lord. So the distractions can become a means of actually a deeper prayer and a real raw living with God. So kind of get to know yourself a little better there that way too. That's that's good. Father, uh, we've got about 30 seconds left here. Could I ask you to offer all of our listeners a blessing as we conclude the hour? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for all those who are listening. I ask your Holy Spirit to come down upon them, to lead them into a deeper intimacy with Jesus Christ through the most holy rosary of our blessed Virgin Mother Mary. And may Almighty God bless each and every one of you and your families, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Grismer, for being here with us today. Thank you for listening and being a part of the program. I want to encourage you to join us tomorrow. Father Peter Armenio is going to be on the program. We're going to talk about optimism. Why are we optimistic? Well, we have the best reason in the world to be optimistic, right? Uh, of course. And uh, stay tuned. We've got Mass that's coming up next here in just a few minutes, followed by The Faith Explained with Kale Clark. We'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.